it's now time for an in-depth look dedicated to all things pertaining to the New York Red Bulls, tackling all of the latest news and happenings both on and off the pitch. This is the Fall of Bulls Podcast. The Red Bulls pulled in six points last week and in the process booked their trip to the 2019 MLS Cup playoffs. We recapped New York's road trip to the Pacific Northwest and their win at home against Philly as well as preview the regular season home finale versus DC United. Hey everybody, welcome back. We're we're back here on the Full of Bulls podcast. It's it's been a few weeks before we've been able to broadcast. I am Mike Corbett. He is Alfredo Famasas. We've been busy. I've been uh, fixing up a house. My family and my wife and a uh, little guy I've been planning to move into. Alfredo, you've been busy with a few different things, so that's why they had the international break. We had a few games busy, hot and heavy last week. We really didn't get into, but we can get into them now. Uh, and we also have a big one coming up here against DC United this Sunday, the the home finale, the regular season home finale. But uh, if things go right for the Red Bulls, it might not be their uh, final game at Red Bull Arena for 2019. Of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at FOBS Podcast. You can listen on Anchor FM, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and tell all your fellow Red Bull fans to give us a tune and follow us on Twitter, Alfredo. Um, I haven't really talked that much over the past few weeks, but I hope all is well. Uh, how, how you doing? Well, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this break that we had is uh-huh. going to have the same effect on us that it had on the Rebels when they had an international break. Probably not. So, we'll see. <laughs> but I'm doing well. It's good to be back, man. Yeah, one thing we did mention before, you know, our last podcast was right before the international break. The Red Bulls had that really awful loss at home to Colorado, who's actually played a little deep. Uh, haven't been that bad now since they did the, the coaching change. I guess they want to send old Timmy Howard out on, on a nice note. But uh, we had mentioned beforehand, you know, maybe – you know, right now the international break might be coming at a good time for the Red Bulls just to get away for a few days, reset their batteries, sort of get away and start up again. So while we were away, the international break came and went. The Red Bulls started playing again. They had three games last week. They started off last Sunday, uh, two Sundays ago, with a 4-2 to two loss at Seattle. You think, oh, here we go. But you know, the Red Bulls found this else behind 2-0 early. They came back. They fought back to make it 2-2, but were done in by a, a goal that deflected off of Sean Davis. It was re- credited with an own goal in the 83rd minute. They later added – Seattle added a penalty right at the end of the match in injury time as, you know, things were breaking down. So the Red Bulls did fight back, but they ultimately lost 4-2. Three days later, while up there in the Pacific North Northwest – Red Bulls blanked the Portland Timbers 2-0. Kyle Duncan got on the scoreboard in the third minute for what turned out to be the winning goal. Danny Royer smashed in a penalty in the 96th minute to put the game out of reach. Following the two-game trip, they came back to Red Bull Arena, and they defeated the Philadelphia Union 2-0, dealing Philadelphia a huge blow and finishing top of the Eastern Conference, which... uh, you know, we'll get into just a moment on uh, where that currently stands with the results happening earlier with NYCFC and with Philadelphia in action tonight. We're broadcasting right now on a Wednesday, so I don't know when everyone people will be listening. Uh, where did I start? Oh, yeah, Tom Barlow. So Tom Barlow got the call up again from RB2, scored a goal in the first half. Danny Royer, it's second straight day game. He puts the game out of reach in the 96th minute. It wasn't a penalty this time, but he got a feed from BWP who passed up a chance to score. 
He put it over to Roy. Arroyo put it past Andre Blake and put the locked up the game for the Red Bulls. So after all this, before that game against Philadelphia, the Red Bulls already had booked their trip uh, for the 2019 MLS Cup playoffs to club's 10th straight postseason appearance, as they love to point out to you that they're the local team here that has the longest streak out of all the major sports teams in there in the New York tri-state area. Yeah, I'm sure Eli Manning, as he's sitting on the bench right now for the Giants, he, he really cares about that with his two Super Bowl rings. And um, yeah, you know, the Red Bulls, you don't have any of those. Well, you don't have any MLS Cup rings either. Right now, as we speak Wednesday night, the Red Bulls sit in fifth place in the Eastern Conference, 47 points after 32 games. Not not quite like their uh, tally last year when they, when they set the regular season record. Right now, they would have to go down to D.C. for the first round of the playoffs. That can all change after Sunday, or it could be locked in as well. As for the rest of the standings, uh, as we're speaking now, New York City FC just uh, defeated Atlanta United 4-1. to So they've all but wrapped up the Eastern Conference regular season title. Depending what happens tonight, Philadelphia is out on the West Coast. If they don't get three points at all, if they draw or they lose, New York City FC clinches the Eastern Division. So right now, the Red Bulls, they can finish no higher than third place. They can't finish in second, but they can finish in eighth place. So all that said and done, Alfredo, as we as I said, where it was good for them to get away, possibly the Red Bulls, they come back, two wins and a loss, you know, splitting the road trip out there in the Pacific Northwest where they've struggled in the past. You know what? You know, not too bad. They took the momentum. We've seen them, you know, have some big wins this year and you think they're going to ride that and then they seem to fall on their face afterwards but they sort of took it it wasn't the greatest of matches for them against philadelphia on sunday but they found a way to keep philadelphia at bay they found a way to hold on to to win the match and this this might be something to build on maybe even they even said even that loss to seattle the way they fought back this is something that they could build on going throughout so just your take on how the red bulls handled the past week with the two wins and the loss yeah, look, I think the 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 whole thing with Seattle and the fact uh, how they came back from being two nothing early mm-hmm. on uh, was something that it was encouraging. Of of course, they would end up losing the game, but that was something that I I really think that the the team reached deep, uh, deep in their tanks uh, to be able to find and get back into that game and i think that against portland they they tapped into uh, reaching that deep of course mm-hmm. we've heard uh, chris armors talk in his, some of his scrums saying how this is this is this is the push this is the this is the push we have to make right now uh so the importance has been passed on to the team but i think that when the team did what they did against seattle i think that the team felt that if we put this level effort every single time, then we have a chance of winning games. And that's what they did against Portland early on. Uh, they would get the goal. They would lock it up. They were they had some, some close calls uh, towards yeah. the end of the game, but they were able to come out of a very difficult uh, Pacific Northwest uh, couple games and, and split them, which wasn't bad at all. And then they carried that momentum into the Philly game. Yeah. Uh, and they played they played well against uh, Philly, a team that's been uh, not dominating, but, but been has been 
the most consistent team perhaps in in the eastern conference until uh maybe a month and a half ago yeah. uh but nonetheless it's still philly so mm -hmm. i think that the rebels are, are reaching a point where maybe they they felt that there's a certain level of effort that needs to be tapped into in order to be able to squeak out games and to be able to win games so i don't know if they're going to be able to tap into that place every single time uh but one thing is for sure that we often see teams that are carrying momentum into the playoffs have a deeper run into the playoffs than your number one seeds that had that first round off so uh, i don't know it it Right now, it's kind of a toss-up. I want to remain positive and think that this is the momentum that the Red Bulls are are doing, uh, are making right now and, and building for them, and, and it's going to carry them into the playoffs. Or it could just be the Red Bulls that come back and lose the next two. It could just be just as that. Yeah, I could see where you're, where you're talking about where we haven't seen a lot of the consistency – Steve Cangelosi mentioned it on the broadcast and uh, Steve and, and Shep on the MSG uh, broadcast uh, during the Philadelphia game where the Red Bulls were playing well up until that game at Philadelphia. I think it was back in June where the Red Bulls had the 2 nothing lead and then they, they, it fell apart. They lost the match 3-2. to two, And after that, uh, things sort of spiraled out. I don't want to say out of control, but they spiraled in, in the wrong – they were spiraling upwards – and they weren't really they they started to, to dive down a bit. They started to to decline, and they weren't really getting anything going. They, you know, they'd have a win, look good, and all of a sudden there was a few performances that were just bad. And then they talked about the game, even though it was a loss in Seattle, how they could see that as something else that helped turn around the season. Now this is the Red Bulls, and it's I'm not putting it on from like past years with it <laughs> with their experience of, of flop, you know, not flopping as in you know trying to dive to draw you know, a penalty or something. But I'm saying this season where it is still just a, a short sample of work. You know, we, we it was some good moments against Seattle. Portland, they just, you know, ground, grinded it out for the whole match and won it and, you know, looked fairly good. You know, Philadelphia, there were parts in the second half where, you know, they were sort of just holding on a little bit. But I guess we'd have to see how they, they turn it out against D.C. And then when they head up to Montreal for the, the regular season finale, I guess this is probably good where they, they tend to get up for the big matches where you do have D.C. on the horizon this week. And that game did get shifted to Fox Sports 1. We know how they like to play well when they're on a nationally televised TV. Just some of the guys, because with all the games coming hot and heavy this past week, just some of the guys who did step up over the past week, Kyle Duncan, where – before we left, he was uh, the U.S. He made the USL team of the week, and just some of his performances this past week for the Red Bulls uh, in MLS, where he's up for goal of the week and he's up for possibly nominations for uh, for player of the week too. Just some of his contributions, not just scoring, but on the defensive front. You saw Josh Sims is starting to get him a little bit more involved. I know the MSG broadcast had him as the man of the match this past Sunday. And then you see Tom Barlow also with his call up, scoring a goal, and just some of the other guys. Sean Davis, I think, was playing a lot of minutes. I think he started all three matches this past week, and uh, he did come off in the Philadelphia game. Just some of the guys that really stood out to you this past week after they came back and then just being able to, to grind out the results, some of the guys that really did influence the Red Bulls. Yeah, look, I think most of those guys that you mentioned are, are some of the guys that I'm also seeing as – 
guys that are coming in and being and having an impact on this team. You spoke about Kyle Duncan, um, and I think Kyle Duncan is is very technical uh, and and gift. I don't want to say maybe gifted is the wrong word, but he has the ability to play. Um, I think what we see for uh, now from him is. Uh, the result of having played their RB2 and getting that confidence. Because I, I always thought that Kyle coming Duncan Coming back was from injury, good. too, as well. Yeah. Well, I, th- I always thought that Kyle Duncan was good coming out of the back. I thought that where he, his game got compromised was on the defensive end, was the poor posi- positioning in the back that he often got beat or he got discovered. But going forward, he's always been a, a, a very good guy. He's fast. He's technical. He's, he has some moves. He has explosion off the first step. So he's a guy that's always done well going forward. So this, this thing that we're seeing now from Kyle Duncan is, as I mentioned, uh, the fact that he built up confidence for spending some for spending some minutes with RB two, and now that he maybe has improved his game defensively and he's mm-hmm. not being found out as much. And then Josh Sims, Josh Sims has had it a lot that speed, and it always seems that he has a, another gear uh, that could he, he could beat guys with. And we saw that with some of his uh, crosses from the byline after he beat a guy in, with speed. Uh, those are two guys that I'm that I'm really liking. What I'm seeing, Barlow. Of course, you get those chances. You get a half a chance. You got to put them away. That's how you're going to keep your your place in the first team. Uh, but I think that uh, Sims and and uh, and Duncan have really been the standout guys that have really helped this team get on this streak. And also on the defensive front too, Aaron Long, where he hit, he had a little bit of a dip in form when there were some rumors about him looking for a transfer overseas, and also playing with the the U.S. team and some of the U.S. struggles that they had um, during the international break. It seemed like the past two matches, he he's uh, he's stepped it up a bit. He's sort of swung back into the Aaron Long from last year that we saw that was the defender of the year. Um, one thing I just wanted to say, I just, oh man, just, oh, oh, Josh Sims, uh, yeah, just watching this guy, guy play, and you're starting to see the impact, but it's, it's just now in September, you know, late August, September. You think I don't know what you know with Southampton, with what they weren't sure what the plans were going to be with him for this year, where they were going to keep him around with, um, you know, the first team there in the Premier League, if they were going to loan him out to another place in England or somewhere else in Europe. I don't know how long, you know, how the whole scenario behind the loan move to the Red Bulls. But you think, man, if they would have had someone like him just a few months earlier, even in June, you know, when, when things are starting to get a little sketchy, if they would have had him in June, getting him into the system where, you know, come July and August, he would have been, you know, really acclimated to the Red Bull system, getting used to playing in the United States and, and stepping up and playing just where they might be in the standings right now or just overall just how the Red Bulls team would look going forward offensively with their attack. It's just one of those things where, yeah, they waited to the last minute with you know the deadline day and they, they happened to pick them up. But, you know, just try and bring guys in earlier where they can yeah. actually make an impact instead of just – Seems like a last-second panic move. Yeah, look, the the timing didn't work out, right? Because yeah. going into the preseason at Southampton, Josh Sims doesn't know what the plans of his coach were. Right. I think that after preseason, and the coach looking at his as his as his at his 
depth charge depth chart and seeing what he has then you you, you can only carry so many guys so yeah. apparently sims was on the bottom and uh i think that his uh his agent might have uh might have put out the word and the, the rebels took advantage but like you said it's a shame that we're getting a player that we knew could have an impact on this team and we're only getting them now when this team has been wanting that impact player for the longest time now look you know eight teams make the the playoffs in each conference now so you know it, it could it could help them out yeah you know because they're still they're still 17 18, i'm sorry seven yeah seven <laughs> teams all right um you know so but the red bulls are one of the teams they've already clinched the playoff spot uh so they're still more to be written about this season and they could still control their own destiny come the postseason. So I don't want to say, Oh yeah, well it's, you know, too little, too late. There's still the two final regular season games coming up here. And then what, however many games they're able to play come the postseason. So that, that still could be, I wonder how long, if, how long that loan move is. Do, do you remember seeing anything? Yeah, they didn't, is it just the, the end of this season or is it just like a whole full calendar year where it goes until next June? I, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. To be perfectly honest, I don't know if it's something until uh, that they just sent him here and then December, he goes and then whenever the Red Bull the Red Bull season ends, he goes back to Southampton, plays for the reserves, yeah. or no, no, no. What it, what it could be is uh, it's a full it's a full deal with the with the Red Bulls. So he plays winter. Uh, he basically rests. He plays up until the winter. Rests in the winter. Starts up again with the Red Bulls, and I think maybe if he's doing well, then then he has a chance to go to get another shot at Southampton. I don't yeah, know. Going back in the, yeah. I, but I don't. To be to be honest with you, I don't know the extent of the deal. I don't know if it only yeah. lasts until the end of the season. Yeah, sometimes you don't even find out until after the fact, and all of a sudden when they might be leaving. Oh yeah, his loan is up. Oh, it is okay. Yeah, it's just weird, obviously, because the different seasons, the way they overlap, they don't they don't run concurrently with each other. Um, as I've a lot of our podcasts have really gotten negative this this summer, just with the, the direction of the team, how they're playing, what you know, perceived lack of investment in in the club. No. Um, just as bad as we've really made it out to be. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to backtrack here because all of our concerns and all of my you know gripes and complaints and yours as well, they're they're, they're all very true, and they still I I still stand behind them, but. They're back in the postseason. Just really looking at it at the surface and looking at the standings is how far behind are the Red Bulls from the teams that are currently in front of them and in Toronto FC's case, one point behind them. Just looking at the the head-to-head this year, NYCFC, one win and a loss. Uh, both games are two-to-one games. Atlanta, the Red Bulls went and beat Atlanta at home. Then they went down to Atlanta. It was a big uh, 3-3 draw back and forth. Against Philadelphia, the, the Red Bulls had that 2-0 lead, and they lost it, but then they went and just beat them this past Sunday. D.C., who they play this upcoming week, they went down to D.C., beat them 3-1, or 2-1, I'm sorry, 2-1. And then, as I said, with Toronto FC, who's right behind the Red Bulls, they lost up there in Toronto, but then a few weeks later, the Red Bulls beat them um, down at Red Bull Arena 2-0. So... As, as bad as it's looked, if you look at all the, the other teams that are in in the postseason hunt or have already locked up spots in the postseason, it's not as if any of them have really dominated the Red Bulls. 
And the Red Bulls have shown in some of these matches, even ones that they lost, where they're capable of uh, inflicting damage against these teams. Yeah. Now the biggest the, the biggest thing is that the, these teams that are above the Red Bulls, at one point they had really good periods. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, like as I mentioned before, Philadelphia had a really good period. Then they they started coming down and becoming more inconsistent. Yeah. Atlanta for a second that during the middle of the yeah. season they were beating a lot of people, but yeah. they have been inconsistent, especially in the beginning of the season with the change of coach. Martinez uh, now hurt too. Uh, you know, he didn't yeah, play and, tonight. Yeah. And uh, and uh, you know they they've held on to 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 finish off this season in in a position to make the playoffs i think that uh new york i think that uh new york yeah. fc has kind of uh, flown under the radar word they haven't been too showy uh but i think that's they've been more consistent than any yeah. other to the point they're at the top of the table and i just think that the rebels have been inconsistent i don't i don't recall a very good period where we felt that the rebels are on to something here um so it, it's just been that that type of season some some teams have just been more inconsistent than others and i think that right now is the difference that you see in the standings yeah hopefully it's you know the red bulls time is now the postseason where they uh, like those other teams they had the hot streaks that it's you know the, this uh, these upcoming yeah. weeks is when the red bulls have it but you know getting back to the to the other um elephant in the room nycfc where I don't know. I, I'm just starting. You know, as 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 someone who is a Red Bulls fan, I'm just getting no, bad. I know. I'm getting bad vibes about that team. Where, yeah, you know, I think this could be it for them. I I think just the way everything's gone for them, even early in the year when NYCFC when they weren't winning, but they weren't losing. They were drawing a lot of matches, yeah. and they might have a loss here and there. They, you know, they weren't winning, but they were getting. They were just still. You know, even games that were bad, they were still getting draws and racking yeah. up points, and. uh just and then they, you know, they yeah. have that huge handicap with uh, playing at Yankee Stadium uh, and the conditions that yeah, they play. And several yeah, players have have spoken out about it. Yeah, you know what? That is a home field advantage, but we also have to see how things go with the Yankees in the postseason because the yep. Yankees are going to get top priority as long as they're still in the playoffs. Um, they're going to get top priority, and I'm surprised that that if the Yankees or they're going into the, you know say. You know, if, say if they get past, because it looks like they're going to be the number two seed and they're going to get Minnesota in the, the divisional series. If they get past them, which, you know, they should, but Minnesota could beat them. You know, Houston, that's, you know, Houston's best team in baseball. You know, do the Yankees really, even when they're playing the games out in Houston, do they want to be sitting there prepping the field? for NYCFC to be playing playoff games. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised if the Yankees would just say, hey, as long as we're still in the playoffs, you got to go find some – even when we're on the road, you got to go find some other place to go play. I'm not saying the Yankees should do that because, you know, you know screw NYCFC and, and stuff like that. I'm saying, you know, just as the Yankees, this is the postseason. Plus, it's October. You know, the, the fields you have to have a little bit of different maintenance for grass fields in in, in the northeast in in the New York area, you know, because the weather could be nice one day, but it could be completely terrible the next day. I, I you know, we might see maybe they they play some games at at City Field again. They've done that in the past with you know the Mets. Then they're not going to be in the postseason. You know, it, God forbid if they got to go and play uh, playoff games up in Hartford. Remember they had to play a few games yeah. up in Hartford. That would be a shit. You know, it would be funny as hell. I would get a kick out of it, but I would really be ashamed that they would have to, you know, they, they play all year at Yankee Stadium, then they got to go play playoff games up in Hartford. Yeah. Uh, and I don't see the Red Bulls sitting there going, oh, you could use Red Bull Arena, because I think if they say that, they go, no. 
go screw yourselves because yeah. you couldn't have them, you know, going on possibly win MLS Cup at playing it at you know Red Bull Arena. So that's <laughs> can that, you that, imagine that? That's that's a, it's not going to happen. I'm not saying NYCFC won't win MLS Cup because you know what? I, I think they might. I, I really, I really think that they could win MLS Cup, but there, there's no way the Red Bull is going to let them play it at a Red Bull Arena. This that's just out of the question. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, but look, look, getting back to to what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, even New England. I think that if Bruce Arena takes over mm-hmm. sooner for New England, New England is in a much much better position than they are today, which is they're holding the last playoff spot at seventh. Yeah, and they're in action tonight. They don't. Uh, they uh, they'll be getting started a little while against. They're out in um, in Portland tonight playing. And by the way, San Jose, Philadelphia. That kicks off 11 p.m. Eastern time. So. Uh, you know, the Philly fans staying up late for that one. That's a good one. Yeah, good luck. 11 p.m. Yeah. What and, are and they, you know what? hour behind in San Jose? Yeah, well, the San Jose, I guess it's the 8 p.m. kickoff there. So I don't yeah. know. Uh, but I know, well, San Jose, they, they've been having their issues the past few years. And this year was looked at as another year that was going to be um, a down year for them. But right now, they're holding the final playoff spot. I think they're battling with Portland and some other teams there in, in the West. So, you know, good job by San Jose, where yeah. it, it was really bleak for them last year, and for them to even be in, in the postseason hunt. I, this might be Chris Wondolowski's the last year. I know he came back to be able to break the the goal scoring record. So it'd be nice if you know Wando can get in the playoffs at least one last time. All right, just some other get back to the Red Bulls. Some news of note: uh, the the Farm Club Red Bull Two in the USL Championship. They just lost uh, five to three to Louisville City over the weekend. I think they are riding a two-game losing streak. Currently still sit at the top of the table in the Eastern Conference of the USL Championship with 56 points, but they're tied with Indy 11 and Tampa Bay Rowdy for most points with, as I said, with 56, but right now RB2 is slotted as the top team. But fourth place Nashville SC and fifth place uh, Pittsburgh Riverhounds, right behind all those clubs at 55 points. So it's really jumbled between first to fifth place there in the USL uh, Championship Eastern Conference. They are back in action. This is their uh, regular season home finale this Friday night against the Charleston Battery. So if anyone's in the area over there by Montclair State, go out and you know check them out. You know support some of the guys. And who knows? Maybe you see some of the guys that might be helping the Red Bulls come their uh, playoff push uh, once they get into the postseason. All right, big one coming up this Sunday. The old bit of rivals, DC United, come to Red Bull Arena, 5 p.m. Fox Sports 1, it was uh, one of the flex games. They picked that up, of course. It's a, it's a big one. But these two teams and what it means in the standings, DC one point ahead of the Red Bulls. If DC wins, get all three points, then uh, the Red Bulls can't finish ahead of them. Then they'll, DC will clinch at least fourth place, uh, clinch – uh, yeah, fourth place. Red Bulls won't be able to do any higher than fifth place, which you know means no first round home playoff game. Red Bulls have not lost to DC United since 2016 overall. That was a Friday the 13th game down at old RFK Stadium. I looked up to say when the last time the Red Bulls actually lost at home to DC United goes back to November 8th, 2012. I, I texted you beforehand the, the lineups <laughs> from, from that night. They, you know, Fans, if you remember this one, this was a playoff game. It was after a major ice storm that hit the area. 
and this was a storm that hit just uh, a little short time after uh, Superstorm Sandy, Hurricane Sandy hit the area. So DC were the higher seed, but because the storm hit, they they you know that that weekend when they were supposed supposed to play the first leg there at Harrison, it, it was just a complete mess. It was under ice and snow, and yeah, you know, they said what the, the commissioner they flip flopped the um, the both both games. So the Red Bull, uh, you know, DC had to host the first leg, and then the DC people were, were bitching and complaining about it because they didn't have the advantage of playing the second leg at home, where if it goes an extra time and you could score and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, the the first leg finished one one. So the second leg at Red Bull Arena, and that game even got pushed back uh, a day because of bad weather, where they had the guys out shoveling the field. And then it was, um, yeah, a late goal by uh, who was it? Nick DeLeon won it for DC United. Luis Robles and Connor Laid were the only two guys in the lineup tonight for the Red Bulls that are currently on, on the roster now. You had some guys like Kenny Cooper, obviously Terry Henry was still on the team. Dax McCarty, Rafa Marquez was on the Cahill. team. So, yeah, Tim Cahill, uh, Sebastian Latou was on the team on the bench. He was someone that they actually brought in late in the season to try to, you know, be an impact player come the postseason. So yeah, that was the last the last game time DC United's ever won, 2012. In the regular season was a year before, July of 2011. Uh, Di Rosario scored the winning goal for DC, and that was right after the Red Bulls traded him. So that that came back to bite him. So the big Atlanta Cup is at stake. The Red Bulls did beat the DC United uh, this season two to one down in DC. Uh, this is, this is a really big one because DC, yeah. they're, they're playing well. The, you know, Wayne Rooney, he did get red carded in that last match. That, that sort of helped things out until, uh, uh, Tarek got, uh, red carded as well, but they got a lot of weapons. Ola Kamara, who's hurt, hurt the Red Bulls in the past. Our old pal Philippe's there. Ariola's there. Lucas Rodriguez. This is, um, I think this is going to be a really good match on yeah. on set, on Sunday. I think both teams might actually score. It could be a back and forth a little bit before they, they try to lock things down. Uh, I don't know. Th this match can go either way. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I know the Red Bulls are playing well. Um, I would lean towards them, maybe at least getting some points. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know, DC gets their first win there since uh, 2012. Yeah, I think the biggest story here is the fact that uh, the, both these teams are very conscious that they may very well play each other in the playoffs. Yeah, whether it's the Rebels that host or whether DC that hosts, so they they both go into this game understanding that this may be my first game in the playoffs, uh, and I don't want to go out the first uh, the first yeah. round. So I gotta sh sh I have a show of strength on this game. Because that could be your mental factor going into that playoff game, whether you play away or home. The team that wins this last game will have the mental edge on the game that they play in the first round of the playoffs. That's why, for me, this game is so important. And this is perhaps the biggest storyline from this matchup. How do you think the Red Bulls handle the lineup on Sunday? You think they go back with something similar to what we saw last Sunday? Any changes? Still got BWP coming off the bench, starting Sims. I, look, I mean, I, not that not that Sims is starting in place of BWP. It's different positions, but 
Um, would you like to go back with that same lineup that they had when they beat Philadelphia? No, I, look, I don't, I don't know. I think that at this point, uh, Chris Armstrong needs to look at his team and see who the best eleven player is, the players that he could be put up there that are available to him. Of mm -hmm. course, right? I think that Kyle Duncan will is going to remain yeah. on the right, Kamar Lawrence on the left, Parker and Long in the in the, in the center of the defense, uh, Christian Caceres and uh, and Sean Davis, Kaku in front of them. Roy on one side, Sims on the other, and BWP up front. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there there might even be a chance for Rizza to come in there instead of Caceres. It all depends on how Chris Armas reads this game and how he feels the strongest 11 uh, are the best team to put out there that's going to give him the best chance to win. Yeah, you've seen the way that they've um, done uh, what, they, what people talk about, the NBA load management. They've, they've sort of done that with... Bradley Wright Phillips as he's come back from injury. But now you just – I think this is really going to tell us this week. And um, I don't know how much in Montreal, depending on how much the Red Bulls really have to play for with, with positioning, you know, that maybe they don't they don't show that much in that game. But I, I think this game, you'll see it, whether he starts or not. I think that will really tell us the overall condition and, um, you know, fitness – for Bradley Wright Phillips and how much that injury and how much, you know, father time is catching up to him. I think if you see him start on Sunday, then he's going to be the guy, regardless what happens at Montreal, but he's going to be the guy that's going to be uh, starting up front come, you know, when, when the postseason does kick off in, uh, you know, was it two weeks from now? So no. I think he'll, he'll he'll be he'll be the guy. But if he if no, he's coming no. off the bench again, I I don't know. Then maybe maybe There's, there really is um it I, is, is it is towards the end of uh, BWP. Look, yes, I understand the managing and not playing uh, two games in a row in a short sp uh, period of time. But this is the guy that's basically carried you on his back for the past two three years with his mm -hmm. goaling uh, goal scoring prowess. Uh, I very much doubt that going into the playoffs. Uh, and if he's physically okay to play the ninety, he doesn't start him. Yeah, this this is your guy. This is this is uh, the face of this franchise, if you will. Uh, I mean, when you say New York Red Bulls, the first thing that that a lot of people think of is BWP. Yeah, now they do. Yeah, uh, I would say that he's he's become the guy. You know, you think Bradley Wright Phillips, and you think uh, Luis Robles. Then you you say, hey, you know what? Thierry Henry had a nice run here. You know, Tim Cahill, you mentioned a few other guys, uh, you know, Juan Pablo on hell. You start getting to that, you know, then bring back Dane Richards and obviously Kamar Lawrence. But yeah, Bradley Wright Phillips, what he's done in MLS and what he's done for this club and the success that they've uh, obviously not, you know, winning MLS Cup, but the supporter shields and some of the other first place finishes and the records that he set. Yeah, he, he is the guy. So if, if he starts on Sunday, which. Hopefully he does because the Red Bulls, if he if he's playing well, they're better with him up front as as well as Brian White's played this year, as well as Tom Barlow and all the other guys who've jumped in. I, I think he's the guy, and I think it also sends a message too that he's like, hey, you know what? You know, people have been wondering what's going on. He's back. Yeah. Look, I think you got to put him in if he's healthy and he's a hundred percent. That that's the that's the dude you want out there because first of all he's the he's the veteran he has the experience he knows what it's like to play under pressure and yeah. in, in games where you can't have the littlest 
mental mistake or that can make a difference. So that's the guy you want. Uh, and also as a, as a leader on the field, he's uh, everybody's known that uh, Bradley Wright Phillips is a leader on the field along with uh, uh, along with Luis Robles. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's a good presence to have that on the field, albeit not being the BWP of years past. Nonetheless, I think the the, the mental presence uh, and the lead by example is something that could uh, propel these Red Bulls into uh, into the next level. And also just for this aspect where he's always gotten up for matches against DC, he understands oh, a yeah, lot. He's had big games. And also... Remember last with, year. Yeah, and also... Yeah, <laughs> taking the... Out of DC. And also... With Wayne Rooney on the other side, uh, you know, a fellow Englishman. It's probably the last time he's going to play against Wayne, well, unless they play in the playoffs. But, you know, going up against Wayne Rooney, you know, fellow Englishman over there, obviously the career that Wayne's had uh, over in, in England and with uh, the national team and also his club teams. And he's going to be going back to Derby County and playing for them and coaching come January. So I think, you know, he'll be, he'll be up for this one. Uh, Alfredo, it was great being able to talk to you. We'll uh, get together again last week. And what was good that this week, uh, we weren't interrupted or anything because I don't know if you remember, it was about this day, uh, 364 days ago when we were preparing for a podcast. It was when the Red Bulls were getting ready to play at home against Atlanta United, a game they'd gone on to win. We were preparing the notes like, oh, this is a big pod, you know, this big game coming up for top of the, the conference, top of the MLS. Both teams are going for the records. And then uh, my wife came in the room saying uh, the hard wa- water broke. So we had to cancel the podcast that week. And obviously 27 Bye-bye. hours later. Podcast uh, the, history. Yeah, the little guy popped out. Uh, Luke popped out. So uh, the, the, what, it was about almost 364 days ago when that happened. And it would have been 366 uh, uh, days ago or – Oh, no, I'm, I'm losing track. Well, his birthday is on Friday. So, yeah. Happy about, birthday uh, to yeah, uh, yeah, happy to birthday Luke. to Luke. So, hopefully, Absolutely. you know, the Red Bulls did win uh, the two days after he was born. They, they did win. They did beat uh, Atlanta United when I first brought him home. They, they won. So, hopefully for his first birthday, they present him with another big win. All right, Alfredo, it was great talk with you. Enjoy the game this weekend. Enjoy the your rest of the weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you here next week. Take care, everyone. All right. For Alfredo Famasas, I'm Mike Corbett. This Thank you for listening to the Full of Bulls podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FOBS Podcast, on Instagram at Full of Bulls, and visit our Facebook page and subscribe on iTunes. This has been a presentation of the Full of Bulls podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you.